Well, this, this afternoon, we've got some really good friends along with their team over here with us. Uh, they've just come in. They've just come in uh, to the city. Some of them arrived this morning. Some of them arrived late last night. But they're here with us. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's such a joy to, to welcome uh, pastors Garth, Jamie, the daughter Elsie, and the amazing team from Rhythm City, Nairobi, and Newcastle. If you could please stand. We want to welcome you all. Please stand up. Please stand up. Such a joy to have them with us. And uh, I'm also going to call up uh, Pastor Garth, Jamie, and Elsie. I want to say I want to say something about them, please. You know, there are people that God brings into your life for a reason and a season, and there are people that God brings in your life for the long road ahead. These are the people for the long road ahead that God has brought in our lives. You know, and uh, I don't really know if, if many of you know this, but we went through a rough patch at the beginning of last year, trying to figure out what, how we were going to go about with church and a whole bunch of things. And this awesome couple, Garth and Jamie, came alongside us, you know, during that difficult period, that difficult time when things were tough, during that initial period, and just stood by us, encouraging us, praying for us, speaking prophetically into us, supporting us, and just being there. And that's what we really needed at that point in time. And I'm pretty sure today for you guys to see what God's done, you know, you've, you've been a part of this. You've been a part of this. And it's such a joy to have them, you know, it's such a joy to have them in our lives to have them as friends of the church, of our community, and to see what God wants to do in and through us for the road ahead, for the journey ahead. So, you know, the Bible says, give honor where honor is due. I want us all to stand up and appreciate them. Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Yeah. It's such a joy to have them with us. And I don't really know if... I don't really know if Pastor Garth is going to share more about the journey that they've been on, this, on the, the reason why you guys are here, if you're going to share a little bit more. But uh, it's, please, you, you want to say something? You want to say a few words? Yeah? We're going, to get, we're going to get Jamie to speak first, and then I'm going to hand it over to Garth. But you all can be seated, and I'm really excited. I'm re I really believe that God wants to speak to each and every one of us today, but I'm going to hand it over to Jamie first. Uh, it is very exciting to be here today. Um, last time we were here, I was pregnant with Elsie, and um, and just to see her worshiping down the front row is uh, just incredible to be back here with our feet on the ground, worshiping with our wider church family. But um, I was praying for hope this morning, and I kept hearing the words "refreshing rain." And I feel like there is a season um, that is for your families where it's almost like we've been suffocating a little bit as a community, right? 
And but this morning, I believe this word will bring refreshing rain. And what I mean by refreshing rain is peace, is favor. I saw gold like rain falling down, so financial favor in people, promotions, salary increases. People who have been sitting behind desks and not being recognized will be recognized in the next two months. And as you are blessed, you will be a blessing to your community. You will see, see so many people around your table, especially this wonderful couple here in the red shirt. You're going to see so many wonderful people around your table and be blessed to be a blessing. Because you are called to be a spiritual mother and father of this house. And your tears and the burdens and the intercession that you have carried and the wisdom that you have carried, Papa, is something that we need for this church, for this house. So see your table filled again and every, every single desire of your heart will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. And then just one more word for birthday girl in the green dress, tied up. Yes, beautiful girl. In between, it's almost like the hot spot over there, hey? I just felt the Lord say, do not doubt that you do not hear from me. That that journal that you've been writing in, secrets from God that you feel are just your thoughts, are not just your thoughts, they're from God. The heavenly secrets from God. And he will teach you how to deposit those into your community, but keep on listening and do not doubt yourself because he's called you to be a prophetic voice to this community. In Jesus' name. Anyway, I better stop. I'm going to get in trouble with this one. He'll wink at me and then he'll do the time and then... So good to be in the community though. Wonderful. Thank you, dear. Hey, hello everyone. Hope DXB, what a joy to be here. I did have about 30 minutes. I now have 20, but that's okay. Um... Because that's going to be uh, a blessing to someone. But it is, it is such a delight to be here. We were here in the very first service you had as a church during a conference um, about five years ago, I think. And uh, so we've been walking uh, together with this community and its leaders for about five years. And it has been such a joy to see um, Pastor Clinton and Liv and the team just navigate uh, all sorts of seasons uh, with such grace and, and love. And so it's a, such a joy to be sharing the Word of God with you here uh, this afternoon, which is a Sunday for the first time that I've been here. And, um, and it's, it's interesting that the, the last travel I did before COVID, uh, Elsie and Jamie couldn't join me, but the last place I visited was your church uh, before heading back to Australia to be, that was February 2020, before being locked down for a couple of years. Uh, this is the first international travel we've done after COVID. We landed this morning in the UAE, and uh, this is the first place we're visiting as well. So, uh, uh, finishing up where we ended post-COVID. <coughs> Excuse me, I do have a post-viral cough. It isn't COVID. That is a good disclaimer in the times in which we live. Um, but I do, I have a, a word, I just, yeah, but I do, I just want to uh, echo the, that love and the kind words, Pastor Clinton, to 
uh, you know, you dear friends like Wayne and Tatiana and Stan and, and June and others that, are, that have walked this journey. And for those of you who I haven't met yet, it's uh, such a joy to meet you. Hopefully we get to say hi after the service. But I do, I do have a word that I think is uh, a prophetic word for us in this time. And <clears throat> let me start by saying I'm going to talk about a message today called New Pioneers. And there's a scripture in 1 Chronicles 12.32 that says this, From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And it is my conviction that we need to be people as the people of God on the earth, men, women, children who understand the times and know what the people of God should do in this hour. And I believe we are living in the most exciting hour that the church has ever has seen, at least in my lifetime, uh, and looking at the history books, I think for uh, quite a number of years before us. And so I want to speak into the times in which we are living in and give you something that I think will sharpen you and strengthen you for what's to come in this hour. And so before we do, I'm going to ask uh, my dear friend Bridie to come and pray for the word this morning. Come on up, Bridie. Here's a microphone over here <coughs> for you. Uh, Bridie is part of our Rhythm City Newcastle team and is a young woman of God that God is doing mighty things through. And so would you close your eyes and agree with Bridie as she prays for us here this afternoon? Good. God, thank you God for the amazing opportunity that Nairobi, Rhythm City and Newcastle, we've had the chance to come up here and celebrate your word and your love for all of us here in Dubai. Um, we pray that we will receive this message from Garth in the way that you want us to, Lord, and it will touch us in ways that none of us could imagine. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. you can give it to Wayne. Thanks, Bridie. Uh, and I should mention as you, uh, before I get into it, why we're here as well, because it is a delight to have some of the most incredible people on the earth with me here uh, today from Newcastle in Australia and Nairobi uh, in Kenya. Some are still waiting the final stamp of approval on their documents uh, and we're hoping we'll be here in the next couple of days. But we cast vision uh, earlier in the year and, and even before that that God has been speaking to us for a number of years now about building one church family in three locations around the world, one in East Africa, one in Australia, and one in the Middle East. And so we, um, we have our church in uh, Australia, we have our church in uh, East Africa, and we are believing together for his heart and his plans for us in this region. And so our way of sowing seed into that, this is the first time that our two teams have met. Uh, we wanted to come into this great city of yours and to just seek God. And to be here today is really just to soak in and to immerse ourselves into people who have been doing kingdom work, not just in this city, but that has influenced this region for a number of years. And so um, that's what we're seeking God for this week. We'll be meeting together for a few days. So we'd love for you to just pray for us and keep us in your thoughts uh, as we go about what God has for us uh, somewhere that he will show us in the future. Okay, so I want to talk about uh, in, in understanding the times and knowing what we should do in the world in which we live, I believe the world in which we live right now, there are two key elements that we need to understand if we are to understand the cultural moment that we are living in. And there's different ways to view 
the moments we are living in. If you look at these two things that I'm going to talk about here briefly to start with your natural eyes, it might seem like the future of the church is dark and gloomy and without much hope. I'm not going to say that in Hope DXB because that's obviously not true, but we'll get to that. But if you look at things in the natural, these are difficult times for the church. These are difficult times for humanity, but it is particularly difficult for the church. Um, if you look at it in the, these two things in the natural, you could be a little bit without hope. The first one, the first element of the culture in which we're living in is that it is a post-Christian culture. Uh, I know we're an eclectic bunch here uh, this afternoon. We're from all parts of the globe. Um, and, and I recognize that there's nuances and, and different elements to culture in, in many different parts of the world. But they're particularly where I come from in Australia and in the Western world, but also I would say uh, even throughout the majority world, based on what I've seen in East Africa, that we are heading into a space in our society where we are what sociologists are calling post, a post-Christian era. That means that rather than Christianity being at the centre of society, that uh, Christianity is being pushed to the margins of society. Uh, I would go as far as saying that in various parts of the world, we are not just in a post-Christian culture, but an anti-Christian culture where we are not just having church and Christian values pushed to the margins, but to the very outskirts and out of society. Um, and so that's a very interesting place for me and for many people uh, in my country. That's a very different society than when we first gave our lives to Jesus. So that means that the, the world which we are following Jesus in now is different to the one where we first said yes to him. And that's very interesting to note for a number of reasons that I'll expand on. So we're in a post-Christian culture, and I know this is the, where we're residing right now, has a whole lot of these different elements uh, merging together, but there is a definite trend that in, in countries and in cultures that have previously had a dominant Christian element to them, many of which you have come from, uh, there is a trend away from that. But the other interesting thing of which you are well aware that we are in a post-COVID culture or a COVID culture, whichever way you want to look at it. And the U in the US, the Barna Group reports that 32% of practicing Christians stopped attending church online within three months of nationwide lockdowns in 2020. I don't know if that might have been you at, at some point or you know people who that has been the case where it just go, oh, I don't really like online church. It's not really my preference uh, to which I have many responses of which I don't have the time to unpack right here today. However, um, pastors, uh, Pastor Clinton, when, as you've stepped up in this season, um, many pastors are considering quitting, like seriously considering over the past 12 months, I think it is a, around 42% of pastors have seriously considered quitting what they do because it is such a difficult time to lead the church in. So when you look at these things from the natural, there's challenges. But I believe that when you look at these things through the prophetic lens of what God wants to do on the earth, these are some of the most exciting times in which we could be possibly living. Um, let's talk about the post-Christian culture for a second. 
I deeply resonate with Australian pastor Mark Sayers, who says this about living in a post-Christian culture. He says, to many, to many, such a time as this seems foreboding, unknown and unsafe. The idea that this new place where we find ourselves could be hopeful seems counterintuitive. Yet a study of history shows that it is precisely at moments like this, when the church appears to be sliding in an unalterable decline, when culture is shaken by upheaval, when the, ch- when the world globalizes, opening up new frontiers and fostering chaos and change, that God moves again. These are the very times where God moves again. Um, <clears throat> when you look at the post-COVID culture, I'm, I'm setting a scene here before I give you some, some help for these times. Christine Kane says this about our post-COVID culture. The global pandemic has led to a forced pause. In the church, what we thought used to work no longer does, and perhaps we are ready to address the question of how much was really working anyway. Whether we wanted to or not, we have been forced to stop and look in the mirror and ask ourselves where we have gone wrong. And so let me put a disclaimer here that I love the church that I've given my two, past two decades to build the church. I hope that I'll give uh, decades to come for the very same goal. And so I'm not beating up on the church. If, you had a, if I had have had the past two years to share more of my heart around this, uh, you would hear. So I'm trying to give you a snapshot today. But I think we've come to a point through COVID where we've realised, oh, maybe we have to do some things differently in the life of the church. And so... Um, churches like yours have been a a lighthouse all around the world. But for many churches over the last couple of decades, rather than doing what Mark Sayers has said and rising as a countercultural light on the earth in post-Christianity, much of Christianity has actually shrunk back. Rather than standing strong and living with fervour and being a light in a dark place, many people, many Christians and many churches have actually tried to appease the world that we are living in, have tried to befriend this post-Christian, anti-Christian, aggressive culture and to not try and be persecuted. Um, We've tried to make church very consumeristic. Come and we'll meet your needs. We'll make this as easy as possible rather than calling us to live a life of radical discipleship to Jesus Christ. Um, we, have, we have offered the bare minimum Christianity with as little sacrifice as possible. Whereas, and trying to take away the concept of taking up your cross daily, dying to self and following Jesus. And so I know that's not true, true of Hope DXB. I'm telling you of what happens in other churches. And so in other churches, can you believe this is happening in other churches? Um, It's hard when you're in such a church that's on fire. And so what I believe God has done through COVID is this. He has drawn a line in the sand where he has said that's no longer the way that he's going to tolerate for his church to be. He's burnt the boats. I don't know if you've heard the stories of um, people like the military commander Tariq in the 8th century when they um, came to distant lands and they faced an opposition that was far too big in the natural for them to fight. It would set fire to the boats to say to the men, there is only one option here. 
We are either going forward or we're going to die. Um, it's like this, this retreating backward momentum was not an option. And I believe God has used COVID for a similar moment. He has said, there is a new day. He said, I have ordained a new day on the earth. And going back to how things were is actually not part of that story. There's no retreating. There's no backward momentum. There's no trying to fit into the world. This is a time for the church to move forward into a radical following of the way of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> I believe that, that there is an absolute new day. I'd love to read uh, Isaiah 43, which I know we hear a lot when we sense new things, but I believe it is absolutely a new day for the church, if we can see things with the eyes of faith. And so what are our options? Well, our options are we exist in 2022, but we wish that we could go back to things the way they were previously, where we could just turn up to church, uh, give our, stop giving our tithes out of legalism, but give them out of um, faith and, and as a response of worship. Just go through the motions. We, let's go back to that where I can build my life, where I can just get on with living life for myself. Give God Sunday afternoon, tick that box, and then get back to how I was on Monday, living for myself. The, so, and my suggestion is this. If we try and live in 2022 here and our heart is back pre-COVID, you're going to get stuck and languish. It is not possible for things to go back to how they were, nor would we want them to, because God has given us an opportunity through this pandemic to reform, to revitalize, to renew as the people of God on the earth, and to not passively retreat from the world, but to aggressively move forward and to be the people that God has called us to be. So the only other option to languishing, being frustrated, uh, wishing that this never happened, is for every single Christian on the face of the planet to put their hand up to be a pioneer for the new thing that God is doing on the earth. Not just Pastor Clinton, not just the team, not just someone else talking about it, but every single Christian on the face of the planet being, being mobilised and equipped to live on fire for Jesus in the world in which we live. A pioneer is this, it's one of the first people to do something important that is later continued and developed by other people. <clears throat> so I want to be a pioneer in this season who, who brings in the new thing that God is doing so that people like my daughter and Bridie here can stand on our shoulders and talk about the generations, about our generation and how we stood up. Otherwise, this is the scary part, God's going to bypass us and use them. He will. The church will rise. It's an, it's an absolute guarantee. You, look at you guys. You could have not been here in the natural, but because of the faithful remnant of God worshipping Jesus, you seeing God in that and standing firm, the best is yet to come. So, so God will build his church. The question is, will you be a part of it or will we have to wait for the next generation to do it for us? That's what I'm asking of you today. And I've got about seven minutes and I've got a lot to talk about, but <clears throat> we'll do our best. Here is my caution to us today. If 
by the murmurs I hear amongst you today that you might be a little bit excited about the thought of being a pioneer for what God's doing on the earth in this season. You need to be wary that the enemy is not happy about that. Now, this is not doom and gloom, but when you say, I'm going to pioneer for the kingdom of God on the earth, you might notice a little red dot, like a little sniper's dot. You've seen in the movies where they're just standing there having a cup of tea and then all of a, I don't know if we, if we have a laser pointer, Wayne, um, <coughs> but you, you know, oh my gosh, I'm being targeted. The enemy will target you, but this is what I sense him, the enemy doing on, on Christians on the earth right now is that he's targeting their hearts. He's targeting their hearts. And this is what God would say to that. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. <clears throat> so if you are going to be these people that God is going to move through on the earth, you're going to have to be very wise with how you steward your heart. Um, there, there is story after story in Scripture of people who started out pioneering, they were running a good race, but then the enemy got in their heart and took them off track. If you think about um, Demas, who was uh, a guy that ran, was running with Paul, and in uh, a number of passages, Colossians 4.14, Philemon 1.24, Paul says, this guy is a legend. This guy is co-working with me. This guy is, is helping me build. This guy is helping me pioneer the gospel. But then it comes to, to Timothy and Paul writes a different story. He said, Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. Where, where does love happen? Where does our affections happen? It's in our heart. So, so I read that and go, wow, Demas was running and loving the things of the kingdom, but something got into his heart and all of a sudden he started to love the things of this world more and Paul counted it as desertion. He gave up being the salt and light of God on the earth. What about our friend Judas? Needs no, some, no, no you know, commentary really, but one of the 12 people that God had ordained, that Jesus chose to walk with him in the flesh, and he was doing it, it then says at supper time, at the last supper, the devil had already put the idea of betraying him into the heart of Judas. <clears throat> we need to understand that not everything that comes into our heart is from God. The heart is deceitful above all things. And so when we think about breaking a marriage covenant or breaking a, a church family covenant or we think about um, doing something greedy in business, that's not just a good idea from you and it's not just, that's not God. That's not a, it's not a good idea from you and it's not God. The enemy puts things in our heart and we have to be aware of those things so that we can use the shield of faith to block them. I, this is not my main, I've got two main things to go on. I've got a, a I feel like this is going to build you if you can track with me for just a, a little bit more time. Think about the other disciples who, who were following Jesus and they saw the miracles and they were following, they were doing it. But then all of a sudden, Jesus starts giving some hard teaching. And they, and they said, wow, this is difficult. Who can, who can understand this and handle this? 
And when they heard that teaching from Jesus, it says from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. What about the exiles in Babylon? These guys were pioneers. uh, Judah gets taken to Babylon in captivity for 70 years. uh, After 70 years, King Cyrus says, okay, Jews, you can go back to Jerusalem and you can rebuild the temple of your God. And do you know how many people went back? Not many. Not many. Why? Because life in Babylon was comfortable. They could build houses. They could earn wealth. They could build families. And actually, it was only a small amount of the people of God who actually returned to Jerusalem. The trek back was dangerous. There were bandits on the road. It wasn't easy, but these guys were doing it. They were on the move. They were building the house of God. They were rebuilding the the house. But then it says the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. They bribed agents to work against them and to frustrate their plans. What happened? They stopped building and God needed to send Haggai and Zechariah to say, guys, what are you doing? I never told you to stop. Who cut in on you? What got into your heart? Fear and discouragement got into your heart. You need to rise up again and build the house of God. And so they heard the, vo- the word of God in that instance and they, and they responded. Last one before I, I wrap up with my final few thoughts. The Israelites leaving Egypt, they left Egypt after 400 years of, of slavery, of heavy burden, no days off. They, they walked out, they saw the Red Sea parted when they, when they walked through and the armies of Egypt were drowned in the, in the waters falling uh, upon them. They sang songs in Exodus 15. They sang praises to God. They were the people who were going off to pioneer the promised land that God had promised them from centuries gone by. They were pioneering. But we know the story. It doesn't take long for, we could read like about a thousand scriptures to illustrate the point of them losing heart. Here's one story. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. And all the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this Wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to go back? Hear that? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to before COVID? Wouldn't it be good, best for us to go back to the old way of, of doing things? Thank you so much. Wouldn't it be good for us to, you know, just, just leave this radical following Jesus stuff? and actually uh, just go back to comfortable Christianity. So they said, let us choose another leader uh, and go back to Egypt. And that, my friends, was a generation that missed out on what God was doing on the earth and they had to wait for their little ones to rise up and and do what God had called them to. So I know this might not be particularly hope-giving just yet, but it is because I want to share to finish in the last five to 10 minutes, I want to share with us three things that I believe you need to guard your heart from if you are going to be the new pioneers for the new work that God has for us to do on the earth in these times. And these are them. The first one is this. We need to guard your heart from anything that steals your fire. 
Three things I'm going to talk about. Your fire, your faith, and your family. So let's talk about this. Anything that steals your fire. Um, Matthew 24, 12 says, Because of the increase of wickedness in the last days, the love of most will grow cold. That would be love for God and love for people, which is a far cry for what Jesus commanded us to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I want to suggest that nothing short of personal revival and wholehearted devotion to Jesus will cut it in the times in which we are living in. Nothing short of that. Anything short of that will inoculate a post-Christian and post-COVID world from Jesus. Now, when we get, I know it's a popular topic these days, vaccines, and, um, and, and regardless of what it is, you get a little bit of the virus enough to stop you getting the full lot. Well, my opinion is this, when we have people who aren't wholehearted disciples of Jesus, just following religion, then all that we do is inoculate people from wanting Christ. We don't need people... Um, we don't need people to be inoculated. We need people to be ignited. We need people who can catch the fire of God on the inside of them that everywhere they go, they're not hypocrites. They're not uh, lukewarm examples. They're not dim lights following Jesus. They are like John the Baptist, burn bright and burning lamps for God on the earth. Israel. I'm not going to use the example. You could go through in this week and read, this, read the story of the Exodus and look at how the people of Israel let the enemy steal all these things from them. They, he stole their fire from them. Um, secondly, guard your heart from anything that steals your faith. <clears throat> oh, this is a big one. Hebrews 12, 6, 12 says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Do you know the only way that this generation can set this world captive to the love of Jesus is through faith and patience in the people of God. Nothing happens in the kingdom without faith and patience. Faith, intimidation and fear are the key tactics of the enemy to get in your heart. You track the people of Israel, you track any of those stories, you'll find fear was a big one. Oh my gosh, life's so hard. The economy is terrible. COVID's around. Um, I don't, you know, and yes, I'm not going to say there's not a lot of practical things that are not um, intimidating. But, but we need to be like Joshua and Caleb who said, yes, there are challenges in this season, but God will give us the victory that we need to walk into them. <clears throat> so this is... This is not a time to choose, to, to decide on Sunday morning whether we'll turn up to church on Sunday. No, no, that has not been a choice for me for about 15 years. I made a decision about 15 years ago that I will be found in the house of God every Sunday. It doesn't matter if it's hot. It doesn't matter if it's cold. It doesn't matter if there's a great brunch going on with some of my friends. It doesn't matter what's going on. I will be in the house of God. This is... This is not a time to look at the economy to determine if you're going to be a generous person to the house of God. 
The Bible doesn't say, if everything is easy and you find yourself really prosperous, then you should give. No, no, it says um, that God gives seed to the sower. The first step is sowing. From there comes seed. And oh my goodness, if ever we need to dethrone something for money from our heart, it's the time in which we are living in. I think it is more important to give when times are tough than when times are easy. When we find our bank account drying up, we say we need to give something. What's God going to tell us to give to? Um, and my wife, I always get some figure in my mind that I need to, you know, sow into, you know, the kingdom. And my wife always like puts a zero on it and I get angry for a while and then I trust her and then she proves that God is indeed speaking to her and faithful. Anyway, this is not the time for fair-weathered friends to be in the house of God. Don't base it on the economy. Don't base it on the weather. Don't base it on COVID. Don't base it on the culture around you. Be a counter-cultural disciple of Jesus. <clears throat> um, patience. I, I've got to say this. We need to guard our heart against impatience. Do you know how long it's going to take to usher in this new thing that God is doing on the earth? the rest of your life. No, I'm not here to tell you this is going to be one year, one four-week prayer season and we're going to see it happening. No, I'm asking you to commit to giving the rest of your life to build the things of God on the earth. I believe that almost every Christian post-COVID needs to say yes to following Jesus again. Say, I'm going to do it now. Yep, I was going to do it before 2019, but I'm going to do it now as well. Pioneers, the consumer Christianity wants to be wowed and it wants to be wowed now. But pioneers, pioneering takes time, takes hard work. There's good days, there's bad days, but pioneers push through that. This is a lifelong journey, not a short race. Thank you, we can have the, the whatever musicians would come up. Lastly, I want to tell you this, guard your heart from anything that steals your family. Your family. When all of these examples where the enemy got in people's hearts, Paul said, Demas deserted me. He didn't say, oh, the Lord called Demas to another place and we just blessed the brother. He said, no, 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 he deserted me. We were walking together. We were in covenant friendship and relationship. We were building the kingdom and something, he saw the grass was greener somewhere else and he left us. Um, there is, if you are one of the people, now here's, here's my grace and mercy. If you are one of the people that walked away from church family during COVID, then hey, you're here. It's a new day. Well done to you. If you know someone who, who has, go and find them and try and rescue them from the fire. But now is not the time to walk away from the people of God. It is the time to press in and draw near. You'll know if the enemy is getting to, into your heart, you'll say things like this. No one cares about me here. The pastor didn't say hello to me on Sunday. If, if I was here, no one would even notice. That's not your insight. That is the enemy trying to disconnect you. So you need to remind yourself, I am loved. I belong. I am the people of God. I'm part of the house of God. Why don't we stand up? And I want to pray for you for one minute. I want to pray for any person in here who resonates with the thought that you were born for a time such as this. Doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for 30 seconds, for one week, for 50 years. 
we all have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus in this time. So would you close your eyes from the front to the back? And if that's you, just lift your hands before God where you are. If you're saying, yes, Jesus, I want to be, a, I want to be one who pioneers for you in this time. Lift your hands high, boldly before Jesus as a sign to Him here in this place. I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have put us here on planet Earth during this time when in all things natural, it would seem like the church is in a tough place. But when we look with eyes of faith, Lord, we are primed for the greatest move the world has ever seen. God, I thank you for Hope DXB. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Clinton, for the team, for every member, for every part of the body, every invaluable part of the body here. God, I thank you that they've, you've not just put them on planet Earth, but you've put them in Dubai, in the UAE for a time such as this. God, I pray that you would hear the cry of the hearts that are represented here with their hands lifted high for each one who is saying, yes, God, here I am, send me. God, I pray that you would guard their heart, that you would help them guard their hearts. God, that you would make them people of faith in this hour, not perfect faith, but persistent faith, people who never give up. God, that you would set them ablaze for a passion for you. Lord, where you alone are enough for us. We don't need your fancy programs. We don't need to be wowed. We just need Jesus. God, I pray that you would knit this family together, that none would go missing. God, but they would be solidified. They'd be strengthened. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless this house with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for bearing with me and for the extra time. Bless you. Such a powerful word. I really believe it's a word for now. It's a word for now. And it's a word that will propel us and accelerate us into the next season. If we understand what we're called to build. We need each other. You know, I really believe that, you know, even as, as, as Pastor God was sharing uh, the reason why they're here. I really believe that the Middle East doesn't need another church. You can throw a stone on me, Fabian. <laughs> the Middle East doesn't need another church. We need churches. We need churches. Because we cannot do what we need to do alone. We need people to, to hold hands with, to join arms with, and fulfill the cause, and the, to, to, to fulfill the call and the purpose, and whatever God, whatever God desires for us to do in this nation. Not solo, but together. And so, Father, I just pray a blessing right now over Garth, over Jamie, the entire team, that even as they take time over these next few days, over this week, to have a sense of what it is that you, you are speaking, what, what, is it, what it is that you want to say to them in this nation, in this region. I pray, Lord, that you would give them such clarity such a blueprint from heaven that they would know that this is the way we need to walk in. They would hear that sound saying, this is the way you need to walk in and walk in that way. I just pray, Lord, that there be such an unction and uh, there be such a move and an, and an unction of the Spirit even as they come together as a team and they, they, they wait on you to see what it is that they need to plant in this region. I just pray, Lord, that you would give them a blueprint from heaven 
a blueprint, Father God, that Lord, whatever it is that you're calling them to build, they're not doing this alone, Father God, but we are joining with, with their hearts, believing for a great revival to take place in this nation. Lord, we know, Father God, one can chase thousand, two can chase ten thousand. And Father, we just pray, Father God, a blessing over them, over the entire team. We pray for wisdom. We pray, Lord, that each and every one of them would catch would catch the desire, that burden for what you want to plant through them, for what you want to birth through them in this nation. I just pray for a fresh revelation. I just pray, Father God, for rest as well. I pray, Father God, that they would enjoy their time over here. And Lord, all in all, we believe that we're living in a very exciting time. We believe that as a church, we're living in a very exciting time. And you're bringing great people alongside us to build your house. So Father, I just thank you once again and speak a blessing over the team, over our community, over every person that each of us would have a phenomenal week in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen, amen, amen.